0: languages that they speak within that group so there's like lots of little sort of families and tribes and uh, yeah
1: okay so with that um history how did that affect you as you grew up got married had your own children started a family
0: um mm. uh, well for me it's it's a long it's one it's one to know who i am um and my uh I guess my place where I heal um, is in the bush or in the sea, just out with nature. So, and that's where I feel closest to God and I feel calm. You know, if I'm cranky or upset, Amy will say, we'll put John Williamson on, we'll go for a drive. And the further we get out and away from everybody else, the, the less cars and people you see and more of nature, the calmer I get.
1: Okay. And so for Rod, for you, what does Nadoc week mean to you?
0: It's acknowledgement and it's learning. So, I guess as we're doing here, it's it's, it's people actually getting to see, uh, I guess the heart and the root, and then um, it's knowledge. So, for me, it's um I think it's exciting that people okay. are actually getting to see not just what's represented in. Uh, I think for a lot of people, it's sort of uh, the minority, which sort of is more advertises the majority with Aboriginals is sort of. Uh, so much struggle and the, more, the most that you see on media is you know, how much they're sort of getting in trouble or making trouble. So you don't really get to see the heart of the people.
1: Or the positive side. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, final question for you, Rod. Um, and then you can put your glasses back on and hide. Why do you think it's important the church is involved in NADOC?
0: Uh, because we as the church are one... In Jesus, you know, like Jesus is the church, so we are the church, and uh, and we're we're called to love. We're called to have that heart. So, um, the easiest thing for any of us to do is to to judge. So, I think it's um, it's great just to to love, you know, like and to remember just that we need to open our heart and what we actually see when we stop judging and stop looking at what somebody else has said or. You know, when we actually um, put aside other people's views and actually hear, feel, see with our heart and our emotions, then we get to learn and we get to know and we grow ourselves.
1: Yeah. Thanks, mate. OK. Penny, uh, tell us about your ancestors and where they are from.
2: So, I'm also Wiradjuri. i very proud Wiradjuri woman, even though I'm the palest person you'll see and the freckliest person you see, but... And what colour's your hair? Red. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm really, really proud. I, I know that I'm a bit like Rod. I get it. The grounding of the land is what grounds me. So, you talk about going in the sky, you talk about going on the boats, I'd prefer to be on the ground. And nothing calms me more than seeing hills and countryside and dirt. So, it's... Yeah, that's my grounding too.
1: Okay, this year's theme for NADOC is um, a thing that I love, and I know that you love. It says, "Because of her, we can." So, can you tell me what that means to you, and explain its significance?
2: Every year, NADOC's themes are perfect for that year. But this year, I saw it. I think I saw it just before Lottie sent me a um, image of it on, on an email, and the excitement was just palatable i um i love the women in all our community and i believe that the mothers and the women and the ones who care and nurture their children and their husbands and their communities is so very important so very vital to every child no matter whether you're little or already grown up we are still someone's child So, Because of her, We Can is not just about what they have gone and done before us. We have Aboriginal women who have been on TV. We have them in Parliament. We have women who have stood to be known and not be called flora and fauna of this world, which is absolutely disgusting. But we have more and more of those coming through and I actually want to be one of those women. And I want my children and my grandchildren to be one of those women. And that doesn't mean I'm separate from you. We are the same. It doesn't matter that I am Indigenous. It means that all women need to stand and take their place in this world. This is not about equal rights. This is not about femininity. This is about recognising who we are as a country and what we can do and what we can stand up and be involved in and what we can be counted for.
1: Very good, and I think you may have just answered the next question, but elaborate. What would your hopes and dreams be for Aboriginal people in Australia?
2: I don't want to hear Close the Gap. I don't want there to be a gap in our education, in our health. You know, I'm 46 years old and I have health issues that the next person who's my age doesn't have. Is that because of my Indigenous heritage or is it just because of genetics? I think we need to stop talking about Close the Gap and it should be shut. There should be no difference. That's what I think.
1: Very good. You can tell she's a little bit passionate about this subject, which I don't mind, a little bit of passion every now and again. Final question for you, Penny. What does your Aboriginal heritage mean to your children or what do you think it means to your children and how do you think it affects them?
2: It's about identity. Um, We all know who we are in God, but sometimes we can, if we don't actually know who we are deep down, our we can be shaken from that. When I was growing up, I would have been classed as a 118th when that system was in place. I remember growing up and um, my family is big on one side and my family would always be with other parts of the family and the cousins and the second cousins and the third cousins. If you're tribal natured, you wouldn't understand that. But, what was I saying? Your children, Your children. yeah. Um, I want to know who I am, and I want you to find out who you are, and I want our children to know who we are, so that they can come through without a stigma of identity, yeah. so they can come through being proud, so that they can come through being the changes of the world, so that they can lead us, and that we can be united as a whole Australia. Yeah.
1: Very good. Can you thank yeah, Rod and Penny for coming up with me today? Thanks, guys. One of, one of Penny's children, and she has a few, uh, is Sophie Jackson, and she's going to come up now because Sophie has actually written a song and um, is going to sing it for us this morning. So let's give Sophie a hand as she comes on right up. Before you sing the song, though, Sophie, I'd like you to come and tell us um, why you wrote this song and what it it means to you, because it does flow on from what Mum just shared about her hopes for the children. So, thank you.
3: Thanks, Lottie. Um, So, I went to Maitland High for Year 11. I didn't end up going on to Year 12, but I studied Aboriginal Studies um, as one of my subjects. And I was honoured to meet a man that went through Stolen Generation Uh, We had an assessment that we got to choose whether we sang or did something creative. Um, And I really wanted to write a song that really captured his story. Um, It was really hard to put into words. Um, Tried to capture it the best I could, but the story is broken down into three different sections. He was was taken away from his mother. Um, He had five different siblings. To this day, he does not know any of them. Um, he did find one of his sisters, um, but before he got to meet her, she sadly passed away. Um, it's 57 years on and he's free from all of that, but he does not know a single relative. And that's really hard from coming from a family, such a big family, not imagining a world without my siblings is just... So sad, so.
4: The crisis I'm gonna see you So
1: Okay.
5: NAIDOC was birthed back in the 1920s by a pastor, William Cooper, who led the movement Um, to acknowledge Indigenous people. It first started out as a day of mourning. Today, it's a week-long celebration where we celebrate the achievements of our Indigenous people.
0: The purpose of NAIDOC was to include churches and to celebrate and bring all people together. This year,
5: the theme of NAIDOC is Because of Her, We Can. That
4: celebrating our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders women's
5: contributions to their communities and society in general.
0: It represents uh, so many things, but predominantly it represents uh, a celebration of um, of our culture today. Because this is where we as Australians celebrate First Nations people. I believe
2: that Nidook is a must for all people because it, it shows us and brings us together in unity to have one purpose.
4: NAIDOC is about sharing our culture. It's
5: for all Australians. NAIDOC is a time of healing and learning. A NAIDOC is a celebration of diverse cultures.
0: NAIDOC celebration is for all Australians. It's for everyone.
2: Throughout history, you'll be able to find spirit-filled, Bible believing, hymn singing, preachers of the gospel that are Indigenous men and women and they are to be celebrated.
0: NADOC is about connecting with family. Engaging with others is about coming together and how we need to um, build relationships around Christianity and about breaking the barriers of our people by coming together as one. And whilst um, we are strong in Christ, you know, we're also. Very strong and, and proud, and, um, and get a sense of uh, um, identity and ownership around who we are and where we come from.
4: As a senior pastor, I'm always looking for open doors to connect with the Indigenous community. And in looking at NADOC, uh, I think this, this is such an excellent way of um, joining in the celebration and being a part of it.
0: We're bringing young and old to come together eat together, and walk together, and celebrate. To respect. To connect.
5: To acknowledge.
4: To share.
0: To discover.
4: To participate. To contribute.
5: To learn. To celebrate.
0: To bring the nation together.
1: the heart of Nadoc in that video and um, in the remaining time today I'm just going to spend probably the next 10 minutes just sharing a few things on my heart that I think we as a church both individually but also corporately can do together. Thank you to, um, to Sophie and to Penny and for Rod for being a part of today and sharing some of their story with us. You know in this moment as the senior pastor of this church I just want to pause and acknowledge the Wanneruru people who are the traditional custodians of this land. I would like to pay my respect. I don't know why I'm crying. I would like to pay my respect to elders, both past and present, of the Wanoiru Nation and extend that respect to all other Aboriginal people. You know, I think it's important that as a church, as a nation, as people, we acknowledge what goes. I know I've talked to people and I've probably been one of those people in the past that may have struggled with the whole idea of, why do we need to acknowledge the country? I've, I've read this scripture, Psalm 24, verse 1 to 2, and it says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation and on the seas and he built on the ocean depths. And I've had people say to me, this whole acknowledgement of country isn't everything the Lord's. And this is my, my thought, church. This is my, the journey that I've come to. Everything is the Lord's. But an acknowledgement of country is acknowledging that he chose in his wisdom and in his sovereignty, he chose the Aboriginal people to be the first inhabitants of this land. And it is not saying the earth is no longer the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. He created the heavens and the earth. He created Uluru. He created some of the beautiful land that we as a nation celebrate. An acknowledgement of country is just simply to acknowledge that the Aboriginal people were the first ones to be stewards of this land. The first ones to be given the responsibility to look after and care and nature for this land. It is acknowledgement that they were the first here and there's something to me significant about the first. And so it's simply that. It is not simply that, it is significantly that. It is acknowledging the first inhabitants of our land at the same time declaring that this land and like all the lands of the earth was created by God. You know, Aboriginal culture and Christianity can go together and that's what I love about spending time with people like Pastors Willie and Sandra Dumas because they're not trying to compete the two against each other. They're seeing that this God that we worship, this God that we serve, this God that we love is for every tribe and tongue for every tribe and tongue to be able to call upon the name of Jesus. Whether you're born in a foreign nation like I was or whether you're born in this nation, you can call upon the name of Jesus. And I read this article this week. It says this, that welcome to country or acknowledgement of country is done simply to honor the history and the peoples of our land. It is a beautiful ritual gesture in a world that often lacks respect. This can serve as a moment to recognize the ancient roots upon which we form our nation. Land that was created by God and land within which the spirit of Jesus dwells and which he sustains. It can be seen as an act of gratitude to God that the Aboriginal peoples took care of this land for thousands of years. They can go together. You know, this morning I want to um, I- I read another quote for you and then a scripture. A lady by the name of Pauline Scott-Turay. She's a Christian, uh, let me get this right, Bunjalung woman and director of the Bidalung Performing Arts Centre in Cairns. And she says this, I believe God put my ancestors in this country. I believe that God has a special purpose for Indigenous Australia. I believe in the principles of spiritual gatekeepers of the land when Australia seeks Indigenous Australia at the forefront of discussions, when Indigenous Australia stands in her position as a generation who seeks Him, then the King of Glory will come. And I I actually really do believe that, that when we as a nation seek Him first, that when we as a nation seek to be united together as one, when we as a nation seek to love one another, then I believe that is a great platform for which the Holy Spirit can come and have His way. In preparation for today, I was reading Romans chapter 12 and I'm not going to read the whole thing for you. I just want to read the first two verses of this passage. It's from the passage translation. It says this, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honour of one another. To me, that's what Nadox celebrations are about. Respect and honour of one another. Let the first movement of our heart be that toward lead one towards love, towards loving one another. As Rod said before, when you hear about stories in the news or you see things on the TV, let your first response be to lean towards love. Let it be a compass that leads you and guides you and directs you. You know, this morning, vision, I mean, Nadoc is about the relationships as well. It's about the relationships. And I love that we are given this, this mandate to love one another. You know, a vision of our church is for all to know love. And I pray that this week in Nadoc week, we could live that out. In, in, there's a prayer that's been um, put together by Christians across this nation. It's a prayer for Nadoc week as a whole. And it talks about three elements. It talks about our past. It talks about our present and it talks about our future. And the past says this, it says, God of our past, grant us the ability to face up to the shameful and painful parts of our history as readily as we celebrate the honourable and the joyful. This means that we face up to wrongs that were done in the past, like the stolen generation. We don't try and hide it. We don't try and put it under, away, but we acknowledge that it happened and we acknowledge that it was wrong. We're not um, hiding it away. I was watching a documentary on Netflix and it was about Germany. And it was talking about in German neighborhoods now on the pavement in some areas. If you go out the front, there is a little plaque in front of every house. And on that plaque, there is the names of the Jewish people that once lived in that place. That was their home and they were taken from. And you know the atrocities of war and Hitler and everything that happened. But for the German people, they're not hiding that that happened. They're saying, no, there was a family that lived here and that wrong was done. And we're not going to hide away from that fact. We can't go back and change it, but we're going to acknowledge that it happened. We're not going to pretend. We're not going to put our hand in the, our head in the sand and pretend that it didn't happen, but there'll be an acknowledgement. And I think that's a powerful thing to do for our past as a nation and as individuals to say, you know what? That is our past. Then there is the present. It says this, God of our present Grant us the compassion to hear the cries of those who continue to be wounded, the courage to repent, and the willingness to learn and to change. God, give us the ears to hear the cries of those who continue to be wounded. Help us to be people who bring comfort and not those who continue to add to the pain and the suffering. 2 Corinthians 1 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. We have the source of all comfort, church. We know the source of all comfort. So let us be people that bring comfort to others, not be people that add to the pain or add to the suffering or add to the misery. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. I believe, church, that if we really listen with compassion, our response will be to say sorry. Our response will be to own up to it. I know a lot of people struggle with the whole idea of saying sorry because I've thought this before and I'm sure you've probably thought it before. I didn't do it. I wasn't alive then. It wasn't me that did it. Why should I be saying sorry? It's like saying sorry for something that you had nothing to do with. But I read this article this week and it was this American pastor talking about racism in the United States and in particular racism in the church. And he says this, When we repent today of things that happened in the past, it's not us taking the blame of the sins, but instead saying we would have wanted things to play out differently had we been able to influence the matter. We can repent in regret now, and it requires us to seriously inquire into our own hearts about how we would have acted instead. It is very easy, church, to read history and to think, what idiots, how could they treat people like that? It takes a humble, humble heart to seek God and go, God, how would I have acted in that situation? If that was me at my time, would my response be one that I'd be proud of or one that I'd be ashamed of? I've asked the question even in reading about Nazi Germany, going, if I was a pastor of a church in that nation at that time, what would have my response been? Rather than judging the past, put yourself there and go, what would our response have been? Back to this article. There are times when it's appropriate to say, That's not who we are. It's who we were, but it's not who we are right now. We can and we should acknowledge and identify that our churches have sinned and acted wrongly while committing to work toward change and reconciliation. That's what this pastor wrote about America, but I think it's true for us today. One more quote. The judgments that an apology implies about the past are not directed to amending the dead and the past, but to reshaping the living, present, and the future. You cannot go back and change the past. In any broken relationship, in any place where there's been hurt and there's been trauma, you cannot go back and undo it. But you can by stepping into it say, "Hey, I want to be part of the future. I want to be part of the present and I want to be part of the future because I want to sow into that." The final part of the prayer as I finish this morning. God of our future. Grant us the courage to do what is necessary now to safeguard the future of our environment, the courage to do what is necessary now to bring healing and reconciliation between Australia's First Nations and its newer arrivals, and the desire to celebrate now the history, culture and achievements of our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander brothers and sisters. Healing and reconciliation. I don't know about you, church, but that sounds like something we should be a part of. Do you not agree? Healing and reconciliation moves beyond saying sorry. Sonny, come here quickly. I have a packet of chips, which my boys have been eyeing off the whole morning. Come stand over here in the front. Just imagine, Sonny, you're really, really hungry. Oh, sorry, mate. Just imagine you haven't had anything to eat for like two weeks. Just imagine mum's in foster and dad hasn't been feeding you. And now I'm here. sonny i'm really really sorry that you don't have anything to eat i'm really you know that's wrong that you don't have anything to eat and that you are really really hungry sonny i'm going to pray for you that you would get food in your belly because you're really really hungry bless you brother off you go have a great day thanks mate Come on, that's right, Andy, come on. Give him chips. Hey, they're going to get the chips in a minute. But saying sorry is really important, but it does not stop there. Because I can say sorry to Sonny and and actually genuinely be unhappy that he doesn't have anything to eat while I'm sitting here eating this delicious pack of chips. Here, Sonny, share them with your brother. There you go. Oh, now Lucy wants to come and sit next to her brothers all of a sudden. There you go. Yeah, you fed her at camp. All right, church, let's, let's wrap this up. We've gone a little bit over time. Proverbs 3, 27. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Don't just give lip service. Don't just say stuff but don't mean it actually say, I want to be part of helping. I want to be part of healing. I want to be in relationship. I heard someone say this week, I don't want to hear about reconciliation. Let's just talk about friendship. Let's just talk about relationship. Let's just choose to be friends. Let's just choose to be in each other's world. I think a great, powerful thing to do is to celebrate local indigenous brothers and sisters. Here in Maitland this week, screen next screen, there's a list of things happening in our city I don't know if you can read that. It's pretty small. But go on to Maitland City Council's website and look up what's happening now. There is a list of things happening this week celebrating Indigenous brothers and sisters in our local area. A great place to start. A great place to start is just simply to attend and be there, to be a part of that celebration and be part of it because it's like we saw in the video for all Australians. On Thursday this week, There's a family fun day at Metford Oval and Maitland Evangelical Church is putting on a stall and they're looking for volunteers to help supervise the jumping castle, be involved in the kids craft or just for people to come along and attend. And I encourage you church, that's a great place to start. A great place just to say we're going to be part of the celebration. You know, I know that the issues and the problems cannot be fixed overnight. I know that the stuff that's going on is not something that we can just have a service about and it's done. But I do think by choosing to be a part of it, by choosing to be involved in this celebration of NADOC week, it is a great first step. The other thing that all of us can do individually is this, is in our hearts, search our heart. Ask God to search our heart and say, God, where is it in me? What is it that I could do to be involved? by being part of the celebration, but also when the issue comes up in conversation, let the inner movement of your heart be towards loving one another, not judgment, not, oh, that's what they're all like. No, let the inner movement of your heart be towards loving one another, respecting, learning, and saying we are one as a nation. We cannot change the past, but we can change the present, and we can definitely change the future. Corporately as a church, we can continue to be involved with Gengala. There's a few of us next week going to Arnaland for two weeks on a missions trip to be involved with what's going on there. Locally being involved with Nadox celebrations, but individually, you and I would have an open heart to what God is doing. We would be led by His Spirit to be agents of reconciliation. And my final point, and then I want to pray, as the prophet Micah said, we would do what is right, we would love mercy, and we would walk humbly with our God. I think, church, if we are walking in that, we can go a great way to seeing what God wants to do in this nation. Can you stand with me? I'm sorry we've gone a bit long and we had a few technical difficulties, but I want us, church, to pray. I want us to close our eyes for a moment. And I want us just to be open to the Spirit of God. I want us to be open to hear His voice. I want us to be open to search our own hearts and go, God, what is it in me? Is there any prejudice in me? Is there any pride in me? Is there any judgment in me? God, I just want to be an agent for you. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I want to be who you've called me to be. And God, I pray as a church right now that we would be open to your leading. We'd be open to your guiding. I pray that we as a church would celebrate our indigenous brothers and sisters. That we as a church would be agents of reconciliation. That we as a church would be open to what you want to do in this nation, in this local area. God, we pray this morning that this week as we celebrate Nadoc week, that you would do a work in our heart so that we can be open, that we can be humble and that we can be listening to your voice. I pray, Lord God, that you would have your way. We declare that this is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And we ask, Lord God, to see not just any particular nation or any particular culture come to know you, but we pray for all cultures, for all nations, people that are born here, people that are born overseas, to know you, to seek your face. And I pray that this church and the church would represent your heart for all people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Pete, you can come and wrap this up.
5: You know, this morning, um, before we finish the service, I just, we never want to let a moment go by without giving an opportunity for you to accept God. You know, in um, 1 John 4, 7, it says, everyone who is fathered by, uh, everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of Him. And this morning, you may not, know God personally, you may not have had um, a salvation moment, but I can tell you that you've experienced who He is if you have experienced love in your life. And accepting Him as your Lord and Saviour and acknowledging Him as your Father is opens you up to an even greater experience of His love. The beginning of that verse actually says, those who are loved by God, let His love continually pour from you to one another. You know, there is a spiritual battle for us, all of us. There is God, there is good. God is good, God is love. But there is also hate, and there is also evil, and there is what the Bible calls a satan, which is an accuser. And in the Bible, it talks about this accuser, this satan. And this satan is said to be someone who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I know in the community outside of God's love, today kill steal and destroy can be translated by saying take your value he wants to kill the value that God has given to you he wants to take the identity steal the identity of who you are from you and isolate you destroy who it is that God has created you to be isolate you from who God is and from those that are around you but this morning I want to tell you that God is countercultural. To that Satan. He wants to give you value. He wants to restore and reconcile you to who you truly were created to be. And he wants to place you in family. So, this morning, you know, in Romans it says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified. And with your mouth that you profess your faith that you are saved. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To acknowledge there is this spiritual battle for you. Just for you right now. I'm talking to you individually. You may have come in here this morning. You know what love is. You've experienced it before in your life, but it hasn't given you the value. It still leaves you without identity and you still feel isolated. But that can change, like Gary talked about with community in an instant. When you meet my Saviour, when you acknowledge who He is and you invite Him into your life, So this morning, before we go any further, I want everyone to close their eyes. And I want to give you an opportunity to accept Him as your Lord and Saviour, to profess like I just said, the Bible says when you profess. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And just like we are community, so we are going to stand with you and pray. But if this is your first time of saying this prayer, this moment is between you and God right now. And it's special. So we're going to say this prayer together. Are you, are you with me? Repeat after me. Father, I come before you today in need, in want. Father, I come before you in need of you. I acknowledge what your son has done for me. I acknowledge the gift of love and I accept you in my life. Come and give me identity. Restore my value, Father, and place me in family. Thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. If that is your first time of saying that prayer, of acknowledging who Jesus Christ is, if that is your first time, please this morning don't leave without going into our connection lounge and speaking to someone there or speaking to someone who's spoken or or, um, been up here on stage or even going to the information desk and letting us know because there is some... Um, Stuff that we want to give to you. We want to talk to you. We want to celebrate with you because that is a celebration moment. Welcome you into our family and talk to you about this amazing God that you've heard so much about this morning. We've had an awesome morning this morning with so many ways that God has spoken to us about so many different things. And I hope that you've grabbed it. Have you grabbed it this morning, church? How about this afternoon when you walk out uh, this morning is still morning when you walk out of these doors invite someone over for lunch